I would say Mitchell and these are my stories. Now she's grown and she doesn't keep that fear anymore. Hey folks, have a good day today and let me first welcome you to Autism Rocks and Rolls. Now before we begin, I must note that I am not a doctor psychiatrist. If your son does you diagnosed with autism, please see a physician, at least based on my experiences. That's on the right to the intro and natural. They are both found on ytmp3.com. I also have a mission statement I'd like to review with all of you. The mission of Autism Rocks and Rolls is to take the stigma off of autism and other conditions that may think are disabilities. People with special are not broken and not need to be fixed. Those have conditions or abilities not to be pitied. There's nothing to be sorry about. We also have some people I'd like to thank. First, I'd like to thank my previous guest, Uncle Mike. In C228, you are you with Uncle Mike. What a great guy and a better uncle. You are a rock star, my friend. Some exciting news is I have our brand new website is out. Tell us what you think. There are a few tweaks and changes, but we love it. Check it out at www.autismrocksandrolls.com. I'll make sure to put the new website in the show notes. And I even have more Cutthroat Kitchen fan mail. I got some from Chef Bushy, Chef Manny, and Chef Mike. Thank you all for taking the time out of your day to respond. Also, ARAR is getting tons of volunteers. We have Kansu Caesar in Toronto, Canada, Chris Matthews from Bedford, Indiana, and Nicole Smith from Valparaiso, Indiana. We appreciate all of your assistance so much. Please let us know if you're interested in volunteering. We met with our pals Seek again. We anticipate receiving significant assistance, and ARAR is incredibly grateful. And since the last episode, I have been on two podcasts. I was on the Uncaped Hero podcast with Stacey Wilson, along with her co-host, Aja, and I was on two podcasts at once for the first time ever because I was a guest on both Randall Cohen's Passports and Postcards podcast and the Red Lights Conversation podcast. All of them are fantastic podcasts. Now, folks, we right back. We're hearing an ad from the bar on Maryland Ridge, so let's get to it. There is a hidden gym in eastern Greene County, folks. Fowler's Pumpkin Patch and the barn on Maryland Ridge Wedding Barn. Autism Rocks and Rolls is very proud to tell you about our friends Perry and Renee Fowler and their place of business. Both Fowler Pumpkin Patch and the barn on Maryland Ridge is a relaxing drive approximately 15 minutes from the heart of Bloomington, Indiana, and an hour south of Indianapolis. You can find them at 5347 South Green County Line Road, Bloomington, Indiana, 47403. The property has numerous picture locations, including several rolling fields, antique tractors, red and rustic barns, trees, and much more. Customized wedding packages are offered on their website. The surrounding area also provides several hotels in which to have your guests stay for your destination wedding. Also, Fowler's Pumpkin Patch is a family-owned and operated seasonal pumpkin patch. It's the perfect place to take your family for some fall fun. Enjoy picking out pumpkins, hay rides, a corn maze, and a petting zoo. Call the Fowlers today at 812-327-4895 or 812-325-6022. All right, folks, we're back. And yes, if you check out their place, you'll definitely hear the words I do at this wedding barn. By the way, everyone, this episode is a treat for everyone because I have last year's America's Got Talent semifinals with me, Amanda Mamana. At the age of 10, she developed a speech impediment once an outgoing kid she became very shy and insecure amanda picked up the guitar as a way to escape and started singing a couple months later she then joined her school's worship band in seventh grade and a year later her church's worship band as she got older amanda battled insecurity and self-doubt according to amanda i was embarrassed by the way that i spoke and i felt that my voice didn't matter this led her to have a summer filled with anxiety and depression because of the struggles amanda went through she was given inspiration to write songs about the human condition everyone faces trials and tribulations and i agree with her simon cowell called her incredible 
and I also agree with him, so I can no longer wait. Let's welcome the incredible Amanda Mamanana to Autism Rocks and Rolls. Amanda, how are we doing? Hey, thank you so much for having me, Sam. I appreciate it. Not a problem. So my first question to you is, what does having a speech impediment mean to you? Growing up, it was viewed it as more of a struggle and something that I wanted to get rid of. But now I think it's a part of me, and it's something that I can use to inspire people. And that's the same thing with autism, because it ain't going away. So mm-hmm. why make a big deal out of it? Exactly. I mean, you can't cure it. Absolutely. Now, what were your initial thoughts when you learned that you saw you were going to have a speech impediment for the rest of your life? I think as a um a 10-year-old kid, it was scary and confusing uh, because I didn't I didn't understand what was happening to me. Oh, you didn't? Well, let's try to think of you as a 10-year-old for a second. I'm not trying to say go back in time and be a 10-year-old, but... Trying mm-hmm. to go back in that time frame and try again that process of, can you describe what you were thinking when you were mm-hmm. 10? You were thinking, oh boy, this ain't going to be too hot. Early on, like when it was starting to come, uh, like and be an issue for me, I was scared because uh, I was a like a super outgoing and uh, friendly kid. And then suddenly the things that I wanted to say, they weren't coming out. And for me, I was like, how am I supposed to live and be able to communicate with people when I can't speak properly? What we can learn is, I think as time goes on, with you in particular, and I mean this in a compliment, speech doesn't really matter because you've mm-hmm. got something to back it up. You got your voice. Yeah. Then you can just start singing when you speak, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> How do you think someone who has a speech impediment brain like operates based on your mm. experience? I don't know too much about it, like scientifically, but when we speak, uh, it uses one side of the brain. And when we sing, it uses the other side of the brain. Like those two things like are separate. Um, um, uh, yeah, but I think it's cool that speaking and singing are totally different, like uh, in our brains. What is the most rewarding and the most difficult part of having a speech impediment? I think the most difficult thing I think is, or for me personally, is um, meeting new people uh, that don't know uh, that I stutter because uh, you can get like a lot of different reactions from people. I think the most common one uh, that I've gotten throughout the years is somebody asked me like my name and like it takes me a second. They'll always come at me uh, with the question like, uh, did you forget your name? And it gets really, really frustrating like after a while. But the most uh, rewarding part I think is just being able to be uh, vulnerable and creating a space for people to be safe and to open up, which is what you're doing. And I think that's like really awesome. Well, thank you. I'm attempting to do that at least. I mean, trying the best at it. But they say they forget your name. What they need to understand though is, yeah, I'll admit it. You're verbally challenged, but you're not mentally. Based on talking, you seem like you can still make your food. I think, yeah, people often will think that like I don't know what I'm talking about just because it might take me a bit longer like to get it out. Yeah, you have to be the big kid going like, me, 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 me. I have to do that a lot too, don't worry. (laughs) What advice would you give to others who have a speech impediment? The biggest thing that I can say is to just to not let uh, your fear of what other people uh, like are going to think about you stop you from using your voice and speaking up uh, and taking every opportunity to share your story. I think it's important just to understand that just because we might not sound Sound like everybody else, that doesn't make us any uh, any lesser than. Right, I agree. I mean, sound mm-hmm. is one part of who you are. It's not the mm-hmm. full picture. And I think, personally, what's great about where we are 
at least as we can find opportunities. I know I've said before, but you make it up with your singing. And that's something that mm-hmm. makes up for the speech or for what society deems you're not mm-hmm. as sharp as they say. I think that uh, I've come to realize that my speech, it doesn't define me. It's not just like who I am. It's part of who I am, but there's so much more to me than just that. Now, I do want to talk to you more about America's Got Talent. So how did you feel when America's Got Talent sent you the email? Because that's what I've heard from other previous media outlets. That's how you got on. So last January, I did a Zoom audition for the producers, which is like the first step. And a couple weeks later, I got that email uh, saying that they wanted me to come out to Pasadena for the show, like an audition. I was at work uh, when I got the email and I looked down like on my phone and I like just um, like stopped short. And I literally like I fell like to my knees because I was just like, um, um, just like in complete shock and then it hit me and like i was just so excited i bet you ran around your friends like, hey i got it now there's something i know so during your audition and i'm this is just from an observer's point of view mm-hmm. you were about to lose it there's no oh, other I, way to say yeah. it you were yeah. about to lose it before yeah. you sang but there's something i know is right before you did you looked at your dad mm-hmm. so my question is did your dad tell you hey if you get you're about to lose it. Look at me or how'd you keep it together? I was definitely so nervous and it just didn't feel real being like on that stage. And I can remember just looking at him because he's my dad and he's been there for me for my whole entire life. And it felt safe like to look over at him. The issue with me and I do a lot of this was motivational speaking. I'm trying to work on it is I always stare at my mother. Like sometimes like I follow her around like, the, like, hey, and then she's like, look at the audience. <laughs> I've done that before too. Yeah, so yeah. I can totally relate to where you're going. What were you thinking when you made the audience cry, but also got the standing ovation that you well deserved? Thank you. Well deserved one. I like, um, like people ask me like that question a lot. And uh, I think I was just on cloud nine. It didn't feel real, but it felt so real. Like at the same time, because it was confirmation for me that I was doing what I felt called uh, to do. And um, have the four judges stand up was just like crazy because they're the people that are going to send me through or send me home. So the fact that like uh, they liked it was huge for me. There's something else I noticed. Did you hear the lady right after your audition like applause, like stop saying, but you are good enough. Do you remember that? I did, yes. I, uh, I do remember that. I think uh, because before, like, I went out and stuff, like, I was so nervous. I was like, what are they going to think about me? Uh, and then hearing her say that like, calmed my nerves and it made me um, uh, uh, just feel safe. Once you heard you are good enough, that's like your clarification. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you did well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. I'll tell you advice, though. This is just my personal advice and I guess my words of wisdom. I mean, yeah. I don't know how big you are with caring of what others think of you. I've mm-hmm. learned that's the biggest secret in order to feel a lot more confident on stage. I mean, you can care after, but in that moment, it's just like, all right, it's you, hands down. There's no one else in the room. You get booed, you get booed. I mean, I'm not wrong, Absolutely. am I? <laughs> no, yeah, you're totally right. I want to know this. What about friends? Did you make any buddies on there? I did, yeah. The people that I met, the producers, the other contestants, even the um, the security guards, just like every single person like that I met was so kind and so loving. And I keep in contact with a couple of producers and some of the other contestants as well. I know one of them. Who? Your buddy, Ben. Ben. I love Ben. Okay, yeah. who I previously had on the show, and for the listeners, C226, following faith with Ben Waits. So if you have to, describe Ben Waits from your perspective. He is kind, humble, selfless, fun to be around, and just uh, a, uh, a warrior for his faith. I figured that you know, that was going to be something that bonded over. Much for that mm-hmm. we're on topic, let's get into it. So yeah. my two questions for that is, when did you discover God, and how has God helped you personally mm-hmm. and professionally? So I grew up in a, um, uh, a Christian household. Uh, but it wasn't until I was around the age of 
14 or 15 where I truly made my faith my own. I went through a season of uh, anxiety and depression, and I started to turn to things that wouldn't fulfill the void that was in my heart, but I finally decided to, to turn to God, and I felt fulfillment. He's helped me a lot. Uh, I felt that um, he's put a calling on my life to encourage people and to spread the gospel through music. I've realized that uh, I am who I am because of him and I'm his child. So uh, that's helped me to not care what other people uh, think about me, but to care about what he thinks about me and what he says about me uh, and who I am. Uh, because of him. I'm glad you had that source. And truth be told, I'm not a Christian myself, but I can see why. I have a friend, and for the mm -hmm. listeners, C142 Identical Yet Opposites by DJ Yoho, but he's like probably my best friend in the whole wide world. I mean, we know each other since mm -hmm. kindergarten, grew up together, but okay. I swear he could have a world record for having surgeries. He's oh, about wow. at least over 100 that I can count over. Oh. And his issue is he's almost like Ben, but not to a point. Mm -hmm. He has spina mm -hmm. bifida. So he's okay. wheelchair bound and part of his spine's missing. Mm -hmm. And I think think God has helped him get through those surgery and has helped him mm -hmm. get through some really dark days. And I can understand why people go to him in order to be like, okay, I need help. Everyone's tried. Maybe you could say something that I'm not thinking about. And I, do you want to talk more about your speech impediment a little bit? Did you get any like speech language therapy at all? I did some speech therapy. When I think I was like 13 like or 14. Uh, I did that for probably about, like six months, but didn't really help a ton. A couple years ago, I worked with a uh, speech pathologist just to try to um, get rid of the tension that I hold uh, uh, in my throat. It wasn't like to necessarily get rid of the stutter, but to help me with breathing and uh, like the tension. You weren't the only one speech language therapy. I was in it for um, social cues. I'm not the best with social cues. Right. Like you could probably tell if someone's rolling their eyes at you or, you know, mm -hmm. be like, oh my gosh, really? Shut up. That's not me. I'm like, you got to okay. tell me. Like, you got to tell me specifically. Right. Like, I can't tell if you hate me or not. You need to say to my face, I hate you. <laughs> I mean, I know it sounds awful, but I'm not the type of person who is, as I've gotten older, rather you say it to my face mm -hmm. than try to hide it through your body. It's not because I don't want you to. I mean, if I could tell, I'd be the first guy to be like, okay, you know what? Do it. I don't care, but I can't. That's why I need. So believe it or not, you're the first speech impediment person I ever met who has done stops in the middle of their sentence. That's the first one because a lot of my friends who I have had or have, have had speech impediments, but they repeat mm -hmm. their consonants. So instead of like, do, it's da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Yours is like where you stop and then you just stop and like take an extra breath is there something called for it or yeah so some people they refer to it as a stammer so it's like the breath it will cut off and just um like stop uh, uh and it's kind of funny so throughout uh these 10 years that i've had the uh, stutter it's changed like when i was younger i would repeat like the consonants but it's changed over time okay so it's called a stammer i knew there's something for it but i just couldn't think of like what the mm -hmm. definition was or thank you for mm -hmm. clarifying that appreciate it yeah so now I heard you were basically through your church, you felt like your voice mattered. So what did the seventh grade worship band do to show you that your voice mattered? Like, what did they do for you? As like a middle schooler, uh, like you're changing and you want to be heard. But for me, uh, I didn't feel heard. And I feel like I didn't have like a thing, like a hobby or like a passion. I was so tired of feeling that way that like I auditioned uh, and I made it. It gave me like a community, like a platform for me to sing songs uh, and uh, like encourage people in that way. I was like that too. For the longest time, I thought I was going to be a kid in the basement playing, you know, mm. kid in his parents' basement playing yeah. video games. 
<laughs> I really did think that for a long time. But once I found podcasting, it saved my life. So I guess what I can ask you is, since I'm, my mind's on it, since podcasting has saved my life, do you think singing saved yours? Yeah, it definitely played a big factor into that. Going back to my faith a bit, uh, I uh, I think that's what truly saved me. And you, like me, have anxiety and depressions, but you said it was mainly hit a certain summer. So why don't you talk to me about that summer you had when you had bad anxiety and depression? Once again, um, like I was 16 years old and like I was trying to find my identity uh, and who I was and I was struggling like to find that. That weighed me down. I began to, to turn to things that would um, uh, uh, quote unquote help me in that moment, but left me feeling uh, even more uh, uh, empty, which caused uh, anxiety and depression. But it was that summer where I wrote my first song. It gave me uh, the space to just pour out how I was feeling. can't explain it, but like, uh, it, uh, it, uh, it made me feel like so free. Well, I'll just tell you this. You're not the only one who had a bad summer of anxiety and depression. For a different reason, I had it too. It was mainly because of not trying to find identity. I think you had it and then I had it the next summer. Mine okay. was because of just social anxiety. So I do have a lot of anxiety in general and some depression, not as much as it used to be. But I have high, high social anxiety like truth be told i'll just be honest before i met you i had to listen to music otherwise i'm like oh god i say something wrong or <laughs> something completely stupid she could hang up and mm -hmm. that thought just goes over the top that's what i deal with but since we're about you though what about you do you still deal with anxiety and depression today and if so how do you make it more i don't want to say curable but manageable i think like as a whole i don't but there are times where it will still come up um and it'll still hit me uh but i always turn to songwriting and um singing playing guitar uh and uh into my faith just to remind me of why i'm here what i'm called to do and i understand that i know you write a lot about a music about gospel and about your case but an mm -hmm. idea and i like to suggest this to you and this is just you know me being a friend mm -hmm. have you ever thought about writing music about like others who have like conditions like autism ocd mm -hmm. Tourette syndrome what it's like for them have you mm -hmm. i'm not saying like done it but considered it before uh yeah yeah i definitely have and i think uh uh, I can kind of plug uh, my debut album that I'm currently working on, but there are a ton of songs on there that I think people with all sorts of struggles uh, are going to relate to. I'm glad you're doing that because it definitely needs to be spread. And you do a lot with mental health too, as well. I, I can tell mm -hmm. that because it was your mental health was affected once upon a time. Absolutely. Speaking of music, let's go dive into music more. So... To Amanda, Mama Anna, what is the most fascinating part of music? I think the most fascinating part is that for people, it's so versatile and that people can create something so different from like another person's music. Like, and it could be so personable. I think uh, it, like, it's just a way that like the type of art form that is so captivating, it can make you feel sad. It can make you feel happy. It can make you feel excited uh it can calm you it, it can make you feel so many different things uh and i think that's like uh really really cool yeah i like that too i like the same thoughts but it's a little different so with me personally music it takes me on an emotional journey like, yes where you feel the happiness sadness mm -hmm. but then you could create your own story to it because mm -hmm. in music videos there's a lot of like stories and they're trying to make you like think of mm -hmm. okay this is what's going on here it is look at it 
you're right. It could be that way. That probably is the basis, but it can be interpreted in a totally yeah. different way. I kind of like to think of it like if you're reading like a book, you picture like the characters, like what they look like, uh, like the setting. Uh, and uh, uh, I think that music can make you so creative. So you're basically saying it's a digital book in kind retrospect. Of, yeah. I mean, you're not yeah. right. It is. I mean, <laughs> tell me some musicians who you like. Uh, a big one for me, Nightbird, who was on AGT a couple years ago. Her story and just who she was and how she carried herself and her perspective like on life, it just totally uh, inspired me. Um, um, yeah, so she's a big one. I listen to like a lot of different types like of music. I've got like a wide taste like in music. Um, um, uh, uh, I like 70s music and like that type of era of storytelling through music like Carole King, Joni Mitchell, uh, some more contemporary stuff like um, Phoebe Bridgers, who I think is also a great storyteller. Ah, that's pretty cool. And mm -hmm. I was kind of disappointed with the 2021 season, not because of the winner. The winner seemed like a great mm -hmm. person, not at all. But I was sad that Nightbird passed mm -hmm. away, Oz, because I feel like if Nightbird stayed, there would have been no other person to beat her. Oh, she could have been beaten. 100%, she would have been like, all right, you don't have to give her the golden buzzer. Finals, there you go. Have a nice day, everybody. Completely. Definitely. And since you're a Christian, I know my buddy likes this person. What about Toby Mac? I love Toby Mac. I figured you would. I knew when you said Christian, you like that. I thought, okay, she's going to like Toby Mac. I, oh, I yeah. figured that one. 100%. I mean, a couple of the songs are pretty good. Uh, what are they? Um, Backseat Driver. That's yep. one of them. That's pretty good. And then, um, crap. what's the other one? Oh, it's on tip of my tongue. Um, blah, 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 blah. um, I can't remember the top of the title, but it's pretty good. Oh, let's call it Nameless, I guess. Nameless, call yeah, that name for now. Yeah, yeah. What is your favorite song to perform? Ooh, that's a good question. For right now, it's a song that I I think about like a month ago, and I got to perform it at um a few shows, and it's just it's a lot of fun to sing. Uh, but it's also really really fun to share the lyrics and the meaning behind it. Uh, it's called Broken is Beautiful. Yeah, and that song is, uh, it's about how we often view ourselves as uh, being broken or uh, not feeling uh, worthy uh, uh, or good enough. Uh, but it's those things that make us who we are and, uh, and, uh, and they make us stronger. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I love the title, too. Broken is Beautiful. Dang, that's really, really good. I got to admit, I, <laughs> that really um, catches, I think, is going to hook people's eyes. I really Thank do. You. When you are making a song, can you tell us what the process is like? Yeah. So uh, when I get this question, yeah, like I often uh, might tell people that I think each song is kind of like a different how I write it. But I think like the most like common theme that I see like when I songwrite is like I usually come up with uh, like a meaning that like I want to portray uh, or convey. So uh, I usually do like like a couple lines like of lyrics and then I'll find like a melody uh, whether that's on uh, the guitar or the piano. Uh, and like, I kind of write uh, and come up with the melody like at the same time. I know one of my guests at C214, Romaine Victorious and Maya case. she's a mental health advocate, actually. Yeah. She uses a lot of YouTube music for like harmonies and beats. Do you do the same? Uh, I usually don't know. I, uh, I usually come up like with um, like a chord progression like that I like or a, like a melody and then I'll base it off of that. Now for new musicians out there who are trying to get big who are like, I don't want to say big mm -hmm. like the mm -hmm. big names out there like Ariana Grande and Luke Bryan, but mm -hmm. what music advice can you give out there that can lead them to higher achievements? Uh, if you were to ask me that like a year ago, I would have just been like, I'm local. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like I have no idea because like I truly didn't. But I think that if you have that dream inside you, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of uh, uh, chasing after uh, uh, every opportunity that comes your way. 
uh, whether that's playing at a church or at a cafe or a talent show, trying out for a big show. I think just taking uh, every opportunity you can to sing and to play uh, for people is huge. And even if you are not the biggest name out there, going out there on stage is a big step in itself. Totally. It really is. Audition for AGT, you're gutsy. You are very <laughs> gutsy. It takes a lot of guts to do it. I mean, it, I mean, I don't know if I could do it, but we'll see what happens one day. You never know. Yeah. And I figured out this, the name of that song I was thinking of earlier, Feel It by Toby oh, Mac. okay. That's yeah, what yeah. it was. I knew it was something. It, I just couldn't remember what it. Was it good yeah. it, bad it? I mean, like, <laughs> what it. And now I'll talk to you about this quote that you like big time. You say it a lot. When words fail, music speaks. Why is this quote? When words fail, music speaks important to you from a personal standpoint. I can see why professional standpoint, but why to you personally? I think because my speech, I can often have a hard time really speaking my mind and explaining it because people will occasionally not take me seriously uh, because of my speech. But through songwriting uh, and through um, uh, performing, like I'm able to truly speak my mind and get uh, my point across in a way that is, uh, I uh, I think, so powerful. I gotcha. And do you think maybe based on what I've heard, speaking mm -hmm. your mind is something that you work on today? That's what it sounds like. Yeah, I think so. I'm definitely learning to fully speak my mind through music, but also through speaking uh, um, as well. I work on that too, because I do speak my mind. I'm probably ahead mm -hmm. but i'm way ahead if that makes any sense so i did an episode on honesty and bluntness and for the listeners see 102 honesty versus bluntness but they're the same thing to me you know honesty is the best mm -hmm. policy but if you're blunt and you tell them how mm -hmm. it is you're rude mm -hmm. and you feel embarrassed i don't have that i'm like i'm just telling you how mm -hmm. it is i was taught that way we'll get there probably now your life changed a lot at a fourth grade talent show Talk to me about that. So in fourth grade, uh, which is when I developed Stutter, uh, uh, but I signed up for my school's talent show um, to sing. And I remember thinking to myself, I've been having trouble speaking. How am I supposed to get up on that stage and sing uh, for all those people? It crossed my mind like a bunch of times, but I pushed through it because I really, really wanted to sing. Uh, and I remember getting up there and looking out like and seeing all those people's faces staring at me um and i was like okay like i'm here uh, i'm like i can't back out of this now like i just have to do it um um and, uh, and i started singing and felt so freeing and just fun being up there and it definitely uh from that moment on i wanted to be a singer and i wanted to uh i just keep feeling that way and that works for me too because even though i'm probably not the best singer alive i do a lot of like karaoke i, I, I like oh, to enjoy yeah. that's part of my i guess you could say hobbies mm -hmm. When I get to, mm -hmm. I'm not 21 yet, but probably in five months mm -hmm. I will be. So probably a lot more karaoke bars then, I guess is what yeah. you would say. But that's what I like about too with the performing. It's not the singing, it's the movement. Because I feel like in life we're trapped in a box. Like we have to sit still or stand still mm -hmm. and talk to someone. You know, we can't be moving our, you know, moving our hands and gestures our yeah. legs while we're talking to someone. Otherwise mm -hmm. you, get, you get tons of looks. But creating a song to have that opportunity that's what is so cool, I think, in life. Now, there's are some experiences I want to talk to you about. So mm -hmm. can you tell me the Fox and Friends that I, got, I heard you got to do, along yeah, with yeah. the halftime performance show experiences were like? Yeah, those two performances were so much fun. Uh, I performed halftime in October, and I got to 
sing uh, my song, Worth Fighting For, for halftime, for um, uh, uh, a crucial catch Sunday, which uh, if, uh, if people don't know what that is, it's honoring cancer survivors. I thought that was really, really cool. And uh, I was honored to uh, sing my song uh, for that cause. Uh, in December, uh, I, uh, at Fox and Friends, I got to sing a um, Christmas song that I wrote uh, uh, with my sister, actually. That was like like a ton of fun because uh, 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 spending like the Christmas season in New York City is like something that like I love to do. So that was like a ton of fun. Well, y'all tell you, you're gutsy for doing it in the cold. I ain't. Oh, it was, it was so cold, yeah. Oh my God. Was, no yeah. way, Jose. I hate yeah. the cold. Hate it, hate yeah. it, hate it. I'm the person who loves the heat. Summer boy, all around outdoorsman. Okay. That's just the type of person I am, I guess. Yeah. Also, I've heard you got to open for a certain Jason Gray. Yes, I did. How was that like? Yeah, that was so much fun. Uh, I think that was like my first uh, like real like concert experience. Like I had a ton of fun meeting uh, like new people, like and getting to uh, sing like my songs and it was just a ton of fun. And um, uh, Jason's like a, a super, super cool guy and had a blast. You mm-hmm. seem like you did based on what I saw on Facebook. Look, you were taking a bunch of pictures and you were starstruck. Yeah. Jason, yeah, I figure you would. I, you like Jason a lot, like based on yeah. like music beforehand. Uh, I was a big fan of his for a while um uh yeah and then it felt like so surreal like being able to, like uh open up for him uh which is crazy oh yeah like i said i've been starstruck too from people through this podcast one of my mm-hmm. biggest starstruck this isn't a big deal but have you seen the show mm-hmm. hell's kitchen before a couple episodes i think yeah yeah okay well one of um tommy stevens and for the listeners see 223 okay. rock your appetite with tommy stevens but he was on my show because if you see what I've seen, whoo, Hell's Kitchen mm-hmm. puts him through hell, literally oh, wow. and figuratively. But no matter what he got through, he had mm-hmm. a smile on his face. He was a nice guy. Oh, that's so cool. Rock, rock star. And I respected him for it. And I was like, all right, we got to have this person on and tell us about the experiences. Yeah. And another part of the podcast is success for all. Like if, like in society, they think going to speech language therapy, rehab, mm-hmm. that's a taboo. It doesn't need to be. You're getting help. And he shows a success for all because he is tattooed all over his body. He literally oh, wow. like head to toe. And if you looked at him, you would think he is an you would think yeah. he is a convict. But when you get to know him, he's mm-hmm. one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Oh, that's so cool. It's really amazing when you talk to him. Now you want to talk more about your family. So can you tell me how your family and I assume your boyfriend, because I'm gonna be real, you are boyfriend material. <laughs> You're welcome. I mean, in the most politest way possible. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. So anyway, can you tell how your family and I assume your boyfriend support you? So I currently, I do not have a boyfriend. I'm surprised but that, but continue. Yeah, my family has been um, the most like important people in my life. They've always pushed me to to um uh, to follow my dreams, uh, but they've always uh, cared for me and uh, um, 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 I always had like my best um, interest at heart. So my sister, I have an older sister. She sings too. So some of uh, my fondest memories, like with her singing like at church and uh, writing songs together uh, and, uh, and my parents, uh, I'm so grateful for them. Sacrificed like so much for me, uh, for me to be where I am now. Um, so I'm super, super grateful for them. That's awesome, buddy. I can tell you definitely got a good family, but I don't want to say, mm-hmm. does your father support you more than your others? Because I don't think that at all. But I guess what I'm saying is your dad, the backbone of support. I think so. Yeah. And I think uh, the two of us were really, really similar. Um, so, How so we're both very, very stubborn. 
which can be good sometimes, which can also, can also be bad. But I think we're both very, very persistent. Uh, 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 we like the same stuff. Growing up, we really, really bonded over music. He's the reason why I think I love music and he's uh, 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 definitely like my biggest supporter. And I'll tell you, I'm like the same with my mother and seeing so what if I meet my mother for the listeners, but you and your dad remind me a lot of then my mother mm-hmm. and I, because there are a lot of days where Ryan's flashing and <laughs> the, the hardest part days with her is working together because whew, there yeah. she's the best partner in life. But then believe me, there are some days where I'm going to kill her. Yep. I'm not going to yep. lie to you. <laughs> yep. I totally get that. So we'll wrap it up here. So these are just for fun. So what is your paradise meal and why is your favorite? I'm going to take a guess. Because you ate this when you said, I'm going to go celebrate this after my semifinal performance. Is it pizza? <laughs> yes, pizza, 100%. Uh, I love it. What do you like on it? Meat lover, supreme, pepperoni, cheese? It depends, but I will usually like just go for like a plain uh, cheese pizza. Cheese pizza? Yeah, that's probably my second. I'm sausage meat lovers, so. Okay. I like the ham, yeah. bacon, sausage, pepperoni. Even add salami and bologna, even if you want to. I don't care. Okay. Cool. The more meat, the better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about your favorite movie or TV show, and why do you like it? My favorite TV show is probably um Seinfeld. That show is just so funny, uh, like, and it always uh, puts me in, like, a good mood and makes me laugh. Uh, so you're a sitcom person as well? I'm- yeah, yeah. Eh, I'm like comedy. Like, comedy, like, when I like to watch something... I'm just the type of person who likes to laugh a lot just because of uh, one, the mental health aspect. Mm-hmm. And what's not what Howie Mandel said, not with your audition, but previous mm-hmm. is laughter tends to, you know, get us away from the world. And like me, I try like to use laughter to gain some happiness or attempt to at least. Totally. Now, For what's sure. been your favorite vacation you've ever taken? And why did you enjoy that vacation very much? Oh, that's a good question. I think well, I was like six years ago, seven years ago. My family and I went to Puerto Rico for spring break, and that area is just stunning. And the people there, like, are so kind. It was just a blast. Ah, is it? Was it hot there? Ah, uh, yes, yeah. Yes, I'm already in. There you, there you go. Hey, yeah, I'm already happy now. Did yeah. you have to be in a chair with uh, like a beach chair? Oh yeah. Shades. You're gonna make <laughs> me jealous, aren't you? <laughs> now, my final question is: Are there any good memories that you want to tell our viewers about? If you do, why do you remember that memory the most? So before you answer, though, I like to end with something like sentimental that just made you feel good inside and thought, man, this is a good life right here. And a funny memory that made you fall on the floor laughing. And it could be with your dad, AGT, your older sister. You'll call you and answer it, buddy. Okay, let's see. Uh, a funny memory was um with my mom uh, uh, and my sister. We played soccer together uh, in high school, and this was after practice, and my mom was there. We had a friend. He was really, really good at soccer. He challenged like my mom to play one on one, and he he was dribbling past her right, like and just uh, breaking her ankles, and tried to kick it and like uh, get the ball away, and she fell backwards. Uh, we have it like on video. Uh, she was okay, obviously, like that's why it was funny. But like, like it happened, uh, like in slow motion, like it was just like boom, boom, and like like she fell back, like she was cracking up, like we were oh, all cracking God. up. Is your family full of klutz? Are they are they clumsy? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't worry i am too i'm i'm very clumsy i'm not very gracious so yeah, yeah, a, yeah if i was wearing a white shirt i wouldn't be surprised if i got spilling cheese dip on it or something uh-huh. so that's a lot of happening with me and you're talking about kicks was it the charlie brown almost scene kind of yeah that's what it sounds yeah. like that's what it sounds like i haven't watched charlie brown in a while do that Same, think yeah. Of it. yeah thinking out loud on that Anyway, well, Amanda, is that all? Is there anything else you'd like to promote or any closing remarks you'd like to make? Thanks so much for having me. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, just like for everybody listening, 
uh, we all have a calling and a purpose in life. Uh, and it doesn't matter what that is, except if you're helping people, uh, inspiring people, uh, uh, encouraging people. joining me for this episode. Please tune in for another episode coming very soon. I hope you enjoyed listening to me ramble. Thank you very much. I just have to prove-